Hey, everybody. Hope everyone's doing great today. My name is Sean Pitcher. I am your host of Roots Podcast. This is episode five coming at you today. Today, we have JT Howie from University of Buffalo. He is the women's basketball strength and conditioning coach. How you doing, JT? Good, Sean. How you doing? Appreciate you having me on, man. No problem. Uh, me and JT go back a little bit. We originally know each other from Ohio. Uh, we worked at a place called Spot Athletics, which is a private facility. Um, some of you may know that facility because of the famous powerlifter, J.L. Holdsworth. Um, JT was there, obviously, doing strength conditioning on an individual basis, group basis. I was dabbling in that a little bit myself, but also kind of took over the nutrition consulting area. Um, we've kind of kept in touch since then, and I feel like you know, having you on would be a great opportunity just because you've had a wider range of experiences in multiple different areas of athletics. Um, so kind of that first question, I, you know, I ask everybody is, what is your roots? You know, who is JT Howard? Sure, sure man. Um, well, real quick, I gotta, I gotta correct you on the last name. It's Hawhey. Uh, oh, gosh. See that? I, I, I know. <laughs> I know. It's, it's all right. People get it wrong all the time. Uh, I just say that behind the, the noise a donkey makes, we'll flip it around backwards. Um, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. So, um, like you said, I started over at the Spot Athletics, um, originally from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, started at the Spot as a volunteer intern. Nick Bronco brought me on, as well as obviously JL and a couple of the other guys there. Um, learned a lot. They ended up hiring me on. Um, I went from there to to work over at Ohio State University as a volunteer intern as well. I spent about a year there. Um, worked on a whole bunch of uh, great strength coaches there. I can't. I can't shout all of them out or else I would, uh, I would take all your time up here. Um, <laughs> I got uh, from there. I was fortunate enough to receive an offer to go work with the New York Jets for two seasons. Um, and that was great. And I really, really, really enjoyed it from there. I kind of decided, uh, you know, maybe it was time to get back into, into the collegiate setting a little bit. And, and I wanted to explore some other options. Obviously I love football. I love working with football, but I, you know, I working at Ohio State, I, I learned to love working with basketball teams and other things like that too. So um, a basketball opportunity popped up at Southeastern Louisiana University. Um, so I so I, I jumped on it. Uh, worked worked there for about a year, men and women's basketball, and then um, beach indoor volleyball as well as assisting with with football. So I had my hands full down there. Um, and then uh, this this job over at University at Buffalo popped up. Uh, women's basketball and I, I thought hey you know get a little bit closer to home and 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 work with with fewer teams so had to had to jump on that one man it's just funny how it comes full circle because I also interned at University of Buffalo at the time with football back in 2015 sure. and you know Nate Harvey obviously used to be at University of Buffalo you know prior there as well and you know I don't know if I told you this when I when I got hired at you know spot athletics but like JL had talked to Nate and I didn't really even know Nate very well. Like he just knew I was interning there and I don't know, I guess I was doing a good job. And then when I went to Ohio and Nate must have said something to JL and basically JL told me, he goes, well, if, if he didn't say something good about you, I probably would have never hired you, but he had good stuff to say. About you. It's, a, it's amazing how small this world is. It's just, I mean, pretty much every job that I've ever gotten has happened just like that. We're one, one phone call away and, and, you know, you, you treat the right person in the right way. You work really hard doing something well. And all of a sudden you, you don't know where it could take you. So. And, th and that's why I like this concept the roots is because it's just like, you have so many people within your branches that, you know, yeah, that then yeah. have a whole nother set of branches that kind of go on to that, that can right. essentially help you anytime in the future. You just never know when those opportunities are going to essentially pop up. Absolutely, man. Every, every strength coach is no more than two phone calls away. I'm telling you. Yes. 
Um, so kind of give a little insight into your, your different levels of being a strength and conditioning coach. You've been at the pro level, you've been at a smaller division one, you know, now you're at a MAC conference. You've also worked in a private setting where you've worked with probably everyone imaginable, gen pop, you know, young athletes, older athletes, pros. I mean, how do you, how do you transition between all those different types of levels or like, what are the differences there it takes to, to train those individuals? Yeah. Um, I think the 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 main like transfer, the skill that transfers over is you have to treat people like people, right? Um, it doesn't matter who you're working with, whether you're working with a, a ten year old kid or a or a thirty four year old professional athlete. They're all they're all people, and they all want to be treated as such. Um, from there, you know, it it's really strength and conditioning is strength and conditioning, man. Um, you know, everybody needs something a little bit different. Um, when you're working with kids, you, you know, you, you just need to get them to pay attention. That's all you need to do, right? Treat, teach them how to move a little bit make sure they're having fun. And, and that's it. Um, moving on to like, you know, a little bit higher, like a power five division level, right? They're, they're there to work a little bit and you, um, you need to, you know, develop these, these kids who maybe have been giving a little bit of everything and you need to develop them into men. Um, at the professional level, everybody is a man, right? There were a lot of the guys out or were older than me when I was working with the, with the New York Jets. And, um, I think that just establishing that, you know, what you're talking about, um, is great. Another great thing about that, that level was that a lot of guys, um, at least the, the like pros pro, like the, the high level guys kind of understood what strength and conditioning is for them. Um, and so they, they kind of did everything you asked them to do anyway, because they, they knew that it was we were there to help them um and then yeah moving moving into like a lower level division one and, and into the mac it's it's the same as as like a power five conference school right you just gotta put your head down and, and develop these kids over over a small or over a longer period of time yeah then and, and you know the big thing there is you know we talked about before we got on the, the call here is you're going from a huge amount of athletes you know to, yeah you told me like 12 athletes, you yeah. know, what, what, what are you able to do essentially, you know, moving from, you know, let's say you look at football, right. There's obviously a 53 man roster, obviously in the preseason, it's, it's much larger than that. So you kind of whittle guys down. Um, how, how do you change your training or what are you able to do now that you're able to have much less athletes in comparison to those settings where, you know, like you said before, where you might have to work with three, four, five different teams. And you're like, you're probably just literally doing bare bone basics because you're just, going from one group to the next. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you would like to say that you, you treat every, everybody <laughs> and everybody exactly the same, um, but that's not necessarily the case. Um, and, but it's the same, you know, even here with, with the team that I'm running now, um, you know, I only have 12, what it, it gives me the opportunity to do that. Right. I can individualize things a little bit more and go, okay, this, this athlete needs to, she just needs to learn how to bend her knees, right? So that's what we're going to work on. This athlete actually needs to develop a little bit more just strength, right? So that's that's why I can focus on there. Um, this one is, you know, needs to be more explosive or something like that. So yeah, you can get a little bit more individualized with it when you have a smaller roster. Um, but like, we, like you know, we, we also talked about, right? Strength and conditioning is strength and conditioning. So a lot of this stuff looks the same um, and it doesn't even matter where you're at. So what is kind of your main philosophy behind 
strength conditioning? Like, is there someone in particular as you've kind of come up that you follow? Is there a certain programming? You know, obviously there's conjugate, there's tier system. Like, what do you essentially utilize? Or maybe is it a mix depending on the sport that you specifically work with? Yeah, yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that I follow anything. Like, specifically, I've seen a lot of good stuff. Um, I, this, this summer, um, the team came in and I expected them to look one way and they looked a totally different way. So, um, and that was nice, right? I was seeing a new group of play, of athletes. We have 10 new athletes on the team. Um, so we were all learning each other. So I got that first week just to kind of understand what they were looking at and look and what they looked like. Um, and then I actually took the whole program that I had and I had to scrap it and do something new. So um, <laughs> I wouldn't say that I, like specifically follow anything if you're if you're asking right now we're we're running more like a brian man apre style um with with my main movements just because i i think that that's what they need um and it seems to be working but <clears throat> no i don't i don't go okay like we're running we're running conjugate and so this is our power day no matter what team i'm running right it's it's getting to know your athletes and that sort of thing yeah, man. Like, I'm going to keep saying this probably through a lot of our podcasts that that seems to be the theme over and over and over. Know your athletes, show you that you care about them yep. and, and get to know the person behind the name before you just start throwing stuff at them because they're not going to care about the rest unless you do. No doubt. No doubt, man. No, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And I'm sure that's, you know, I hate, I hate. It's a too, broken record. Too but... many cliches, man, but it, it's true. So. Um, can you kind of go into how you how you work with other professionals? Um, I'm sure like obviously at the Jets, you probably had everybody under the sun. Mm -hmm. And then maybe some of these smaller schools, like you probably have an athletic trainer, sportsman, doctor, you might have a dietitian. You know, how do you work inter interdisciplinary with a lot of these staff members uh, to provide the best care that you can for the athlete? Or how has other staff members helped you to be able to do that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess with, I mean, the first thing is is finding out you know what the members of the strength staff expect from me right so like you know i'm sharing an office coach a sitting right next to me right now uh, <laughs> and um she you know and we're we're office mates so we have to be able to to work with each other in that way and you know scheduling around weight room times and with other um just staff members that are directly in strength and conditioning um, as far as like other sports performance staff members go, I think the kind of the more important thing is just sitting down and talking to them and, and setting expectations very clear, like, all right, like, what is, what is your role here? What is my role here? And, you know, where trying to clear up that gray area as much as possible, right? Because that seems to be the biggest, the biggest issue everyone talks about, you know, you got to stay in your lane and you can't do this, but athletic trainers can do this, but strength coaches can't do this and dietitians can do this, but athletic trainers can't do this. And this is a doctor's job and, and things like that. And obviously that is true. Um, but there is a little bit of crossover there. So I think that it, the, the communication piece is huge, just clearing up that gray area, making it as black and white as possible. So that that's typically how I handle it is, um, you know, you, you sit down with the athletic trainer and you go, okay, what do you need me? You need from me. What do I need from you? And then, where if somebody wants something done, you know, do I send them to you or can I handle it? And then we kind of go from there. You know, a lot of times we talk about communication and, and having those consistent conversations weekly, monthly, whatever the case may be. I mean, I, there's a lot of times we're around those staffs pretty much every single day. So right. it's, it's probably pretty easy to kind of get the information you need to get across to them. Now, there's obviously going to be those situations, right, where some staff may be in a silo. You may have some staff that may had a bad experience with 
a former strength coach, a former dietitian, um, you know, how, how do you handle those like really challenging conversations or how do you handle those individuals that may have a personality that you may not jive well with, but you still know at the end of the day, you have to work with them to still help the athlete. So how do you deal with those types of situations? Yeah. Um, and I, I think it comes down to just like we talked about earlier, right. That, that previous, it's just communication, man. Um, letting them know that you kind of know what you're talking about and, and you're going to let them do your job, right. You're not trying to step on their toes either. Um, I think helps goes, goes a long way. And then I, I touched on this before, but, but treat them like a person, man. And people just want to be treated like people, you know, show them respect, show them that you respect what their job is, show them that you, you know, can't do, can't do their job. Right. Like I couldn't be an athletic trainer. I couldn't be a dietitian. Like that's not, that's not what I'm, I'm supposed to be doing. So um, I think that, showing them that you understand that and you respect what their job is allows them to, to do the same back to you. Um, and then obviously the, it goes back to not being a, not being a slapdick, right? Like don't, don't, you know, be able to do your job at a high level and, and expect everybody else to do their job at a high level as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it can be super challenging. You just have some of those mindsets that kind of stay, they don't have that growth mindset. They're just kind of one track mind and certain stuff works for them a certain way or certain environments they've been in and worked a certain way. And it could be tough to kind of work them out of that situation right. or expose them to new thoughts and new theories and new, and new ideas, you know, so it's, you're always have to kind of figure out the person beforehand, how they communicate, yep. how they receive information. You know, yep. some people like their ego strokes a little bit before you could come in and, yep. and, and want to bring something to the table to them. Um, you know, so it's almost like you have to sit back and, and do a lot of observation before you just kind of go into the situation gung ho and, you know, try to get them to do what you want them to do, which even with athletes nowadays, you know, that's, it just doesn't work. <laughs> right, right. And especially coming into a new situation, right? Like you don't know these people's personalities and you don't know the athletes personalities. So you can't just, you can't just come in and start changing things and start, you know, ripping things up as because they've done it a certain way for so long. So um, you just have to let them know that you respect that, but some things, some things do need to change. And that's, you know, there's a reason that you are in the position that you're in and, um, and they also need to respect that. Now, you know, kind of go back to athletes, have you seen any difference in, in coaching athletes? You know, if we look back, let's say five to eight years ago versus like in the now, do you see yourself having to coach athletes any different than you did when you first started in strength and conditioning? That's a wonderful question, Sean. <laughs> um, I don't, th I, so no and yes, uh, yes and no, I guess. Um, you. I think that it like it it never becomes any easier, right? You just your eyes start to get a little bit better, and you start able to you're able to see a little bit more things. But um, I think that now, as compared to when I first started, right, like I'm starting to be able to coach a little bit using less words, and I think that that's really important, right? Like when I was when I was at the spot, you know, I would pull people aside and explain things to them, and you know, they don't they don't know what I'm talking about. They also don't care. It's too right? much sometimes. It's too much. They don't want the verbal, I mean, it's gonna be gross. They don't want the verbal diarrhea. Like they don't want a whole no. paragraph of what it is. Do you have to do yeah, it? Yeah, they don't care what, you know, they don't care what their tricep attaches to. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, they just want the results. Um, and so I think that that's kind of what, as far as like, as the time that I've gone into coaching and, and the time that I've spent, that's one of the things that I've developed is the ability to like, just give them what they need. Just give them the cues that they need to get them to do what I want them to do. 
and then send them on their way. Yeah, even if it's one where like sit back, right? And that's, and that's all I'm gonna tell you because sometimes it's like if you give them too many words at once. I mean, just like you said, they're not gonna be able to either understand, comprehend, or now they're thinking too much in the movement, and then now it's like, well, they're shot. They still are either doing the same mistake or now it's even worse because they're really worrying about how they look in the movement or you look at nutrition, right? Like, Hey, what does a carbohydrate do? If I can get a kid to tell me fuel or energy, I did fantastic. Did yeah. my job. Right. <laughs> like you don't need to talk about glucose or anything like that. Just no. energy, right? That's all I need. Can you go into, you know, the server or the calf and be able and be like, yep, rice has carbs, gives me fuel. Terrific. And you put it on your plate at all three meals. Terrific. I love it. Yeah, that's (laughs) it. Keep it simple. Uh, You know, you know, you said, you've said coach, you've said trained, you've talked a little bit about, you know, what you do with strength conditioning. Can you kind of expand on that more? Like, let's say we have staff in certain settings. It could be private. It could be different levels um, that maybe don't have, you know, a certain staff member on staff or aren't exposed to these individuals. Like what does a strength coach do? I know it's kind of a broad question to ask and, and you probably wear a lot of different hats, but like, what is a strength and conditioning coach in your eyes? Yeah. Um, I think a strength and conditioning coach, you know, the initial answer is to prepare the athlete for the sport that they're about to play. Right. And, and that could be, that could be for anybody, right. If you're just a regular individual and you're, you know, you're not a collegiate athlete or professional athlete, right? Your sport is life or your sport is running marathons or whatever that is. Um, I think that strength and conditioning coaches' jobs are to prepare people for the demands that their life is going to throw at them. Um, You know, in my case, it it just happens to be collegiate basketball players, right? So they're going to see a lot of basketball, so I have to get them ready to play basketball. But that's not always the case, right? Prepare them to go out and perform their best at whatever it is, whether it's being a parent or being, you know, being a marathon runner or being a power lifter or being a basketball player, football player, et cetera. So just getting somebody to be their best. And, and how do you feel that transfers to the athlete after being an athlete? Cause a lot of times it's like, you know, that's all the athlete knows. Like from, you know, I was an athlete at seven years old, all the right. way up into college. And, you know, a lot of athletes are the very same way. Start very young, get to college, you know, get the, one or 2% they get to play in the pros. Like how is what you're teaching them now going to prepare them for life after being an athlete? Yeah. Um, you know, as, as far as like going into the weight room and, and training, I, th- I, I at least hope to that they'll, they'll walk out of here and they'll know what training looks like and how they can do that in their life. Right. They could walk into any life fitness or planet fitness in the, in the country. Right. Hopefully they all continue on to have strength coaches, but you and I both know that that's probably not the case. So, <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Um, I hope. I hope. I hope they're going to a good gym too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but we all have yeah. our reservations about some of those other ones you just said. That, that's anyway, for a different podcast. That's for um, a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so I think that it, as far as that goes, right, that they feel they feel comfortable and they can put together anything. They can set the J hooks to where it needs to go. They can count their weight. They 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 know how to call their own weights. Um, you know, rep sets, reps, things like that. Um, but then it obviously it expands outside the weight room to where it's okay. They learn. You know, this is the discipline. Like, okay, if I eat this certain way it makes me feel this way. If I eat this way, it makes me feel this way. So that continues on to your life, right? I, I know that if I run a whole lot and it hurts my knees, okay, well, here's how I modify that. So I, um, you know, everything that, you know, it carries on into their life and, and hopefully they, 
take the outside the weight room, but obviously I would like for them to keep training as well. Yes. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's like, we have to do these things every single day anyways, right. and for us to stay as healthy as possible to reduce our risk of injuries, illness, no matter if you're an athlete or not an athlete, like all these skills and behaviors are going to be important, you know, for the long term. And, and one of the things that I'll educate, you know, the athletes that I work with is, and, and this is something I got from one of our leadership coaches I worked with previously at IMG Academy, shout out to Cam Winston. Um, but your, your body is your business. So right. I'll literally put a visual up on the board and it basically is like five different layers. Like we have your basement, we got layer one, two, three, and then we have your penthouse, right? Everybody wants to get to the penthouse, the highest level status as quick as possible. But a lot of times, you know, guys and gals aren't willing to put the effort in to work through those different levels to essentially sure. get to that point. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where like, you know, in some of our workshops are one-on-one, it's like where you can challenge them, right? Like, cause they think they may know everything. They may think they're very competent in that specific skill, depending on what practitioner is teaching it. But, you know, I've had times where I, to use the example I just used, right? Like, Hey, what's a carb? What does it do? No clue. Hey, if you go downstairs to the cafeteria or the, lo- or the lounge to eat, you know, what is an example of a carb? Can't tell me. Right. So it's like, well, if you're not even, you're not even out of the basement yet right? for nutrition. So it's like, we can't talk about any of these other topics or we can't get to a lot of these levels for my specific part, you know, let alone probably some of your other, you know, coaches that you're working with. If you can't even understand like this basic concept, like it's probably the same thing for you, right? If you can't squat, hinge, press, pull basic movements, right. Then how are we going to really do anything else? To yeah. kind of advance in your training and your skill set. It's going to be probably pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and you even touched on it, right? Like, you know, if, if they're not eating properly and they're not sleeping properly and they're not hydrated, like I can't even get them to squat correctly. Right. I, they can't even do the thing that they do every single night, like almost involuntarily, right. They sleep. If we can't even get them to do that correctly or do that at all, we've got bigger problems. Do you see any differences? Because obviously you worked in the private setting with some high school athletes, some adolescents, teens, and then obviously you worked with, you know, the college slash pro. Is it, do you just see the same trend across the board? Like, is there any level where they end up getting any better at the eating, the hydration and the fueling? Or is it, okay, you're a pro. Some of the guys are going to say, yeah, I'm going to take it important, but you have other guys that are still kind of doing whatever they want. Yeah. Um, I think you get, uh, I think you get a little bit of both at any level. Um, and it's just to a, a, to a different extent, right? Like when you're, when you're a kid, you, you know, your, your favorite thing is that your parents don't give you your bedtime. So you can stay up as late as you want. Right. And obviously kids can handle that a little bit more like than you or I could. Um, and then once you get to college, you're also in college, right? So like it's, it's finding that balance between, you know, schoolwork and all of the additional stuff that we're asking them to do in the weight room at practice, um, meetings, film, all of that kind of stuff is, is, is challenging. Plus, you know, there, and, you know, I'm not going to beat around the bush. There's a lot of social pressure in college, right. To go out and, and, and make friends and, and, and do that. And, you know, I'm not blind to that. I, you and I were both, you and I were both undergrad at one point in time. So, um, you know, we, we've been there. And so, and then at the professional level, it's 22 year old kids that you just handed a big stack of money to. So, um, you can't, you would love to say that everybody is, is great. And once you get to the professional level, um, 
they are a little bit better and they and they do they are better um because they do understand right that they they do make money off of their performance um but but yeah it's a little bit of both at at, at every level that i've seen just depends on what the situation is yeah that, and that's where you got to tell i mean you try to tell some of these guys and gals it's like you almost got to be a little bit selfish like yeah. ultimately like if you're with a certain group or with certain people like at the end of the day you have to know what's best for you is going out Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night going to be the best possible thing for you to perform well? Probably not. But, like, do you have the ability to say – and that's a tough thing for anybody. It doesn't matter whether it's coaches, staff, players. Can can you say no in the the right situations if it's not the best situation for you or are you just going to cave to that pressure? And then there's the other side of the coin, too. Like you said, social pressure. It's like, you know, a lot of guys and girls, like, want to be accepted, you know, want to have friends – on the team or outside of the team. And a lot of those times, like a lot of those environments where that's going to happen is in those situations where they're going yep. to go out and party or drink or, or hang out with each other. Right. Um, you know, and you don't want to be that person that just never does that. Right. You know, which is, is tough there too. So it's like making those decisions and, and knowing what's best for you at the end of the day. And there's times where you may have to make some tough decisions. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. And that's, I mean, you know, that's also what you sign up for by being an athlete, right? It's how, how good do you want to be? Um, and, you know, when I was an athlete, I, I did my share, fair share, right? Like I, I, this, I went one way and, you know, maybe, and, and unfortunately with a lot of people, it requires, sometimes it requires a wake up call, right? Where you're like, Hey, maybe if you had slept Thursday, Friday, Saturday, instead of been out until two, 3 AM, you probably wouldn't have x injury or you know you wouldn't have passed out during the run or something like that so i mean hopefully it doesn't come to that situation but like sometimes it sometimes that's it's good for them uh, yeah I that, yeah you, you want to hope they oh you know they make the best possible decision most of the time right but i 100 yeah, agree with you like whether you it's ourselves or whether it's the kids it's like sometimes they literally have to have something bad happen to them right before the light bulb pops on and all of a sudden it says like, I don't want to end up like that or do that again, because right. this was the result. And especially if like they're in a practice or in a competition and then they look foolish right? or they don't play or perform very well, right? you know, it, it takes those, those obstacles to be thrown in front of them for, for them to think like, all right, well, I can't do this maybe all the time, or maybe I yeah. do this once a week, or, you know, I have to kind of moderate essentially what I'm doing. So I don't go too over the deep end because I know this is going to be, x result that's going to come from it yeah and sometimes it just requires like a a switch to be flipped and and you never have to worry about it again but um you know it those situations don't always happen either and and you know you never want anybody to get hurt or injured or, or sick or anything like that but you know maybe it is just a bad performance in a game where they go okay maybe i shouldn't have gone out the night before this game and and that's a lot of times like it's it's bad to say but that's a lot of times where it's like you need you can catch them in those moments yeah to yeah. be able to give a little bit of words of wisdom yeah. for, them, for them. Maybe they, they're, they're angry, they're upset, they're in a bad mood and they don't initially respond to you. But there's a lot of times, I'm sure you've had that, this happened to you too, where you say those couple of sentences or those couple of words and then all of a sudden the next week or all of a sudden in like two weeks from now, either they come back and say like, I appreciate you said that or all of a sudden you see a change in them. Even right. though it wasn't big what you said, it meant enough and they – saw the consequence that boom now they're like a different person at times yeah yeah and that's and that's building a relationship with your athlete right if your athlete hates you and then you go up and they perform bad and then you go up to them and you said well maybe if you didn't drink last night like they're probably going to tell you to screw off and, and it's yeah. gonna, 
it's going to kind of crush that relationship. So yeah, I think we're real with you quick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, you, you'll be, you'll be catching a, a fist to the face pretty quickly if you say <laughs> something like that, but yeah, you got to, if you treat them like a people or like a people, like a person and you, and you develop that relationship, then yeah, maybe you can have those conversations with your athlete. Absolutely. Um, so when we're looking at strength and conditioning in general, you know, every, every field has their challenges. What do you feel right now, kind of current day, that could be better in strength and conditioning or what needs to improve like within your field or maybe concerns or issues that you think need to be addressed to continue to keep moving your profession along? Yeah, um, I, you know, the easy answer is, is money and time, um, <laughs> but I'm not gonna go there. I think that a lot of, um, right now, a lot of the problem is social media with, with strength and conditioning. Um, cause social media with anything could be a really, really, really great tool. Um, but the other problem, the other side of that coin is now, you know, everybody can be, you know, in a public, in a public eye. Um, so it's a lot of times you see people who maybe aren't qualified to be giving people advice are giving people advice, right. And people are taking it, um, and that's, and that's kind of an issue where I see like, oh, or you get athletes who see something on Instagram. They're like, oh, well, this person's doing this. So why aren't we doing this? And, um, you know, you, you get, you get things like that, where I think that that's a little bit of a problem. Um, it's not like a, a huge, huge issue, but I think if we want to develop and get a little bit more serious in strength and conditioning and get people to respect us as a field more, um, I think that we kind of need to kind of squash that and really, really put you know, good information out there for, for good people to, you know, listen and watch and develop off of that. Yeah. Like one of my, one of my professors said like 9% of the stuff on social media is absolute shit or like absolute, yeah. absolute garbage on there. Yeah. It's like, it, it makes it tough for us as practitioners. Cause like, you know, you'll have athletes that'll come in like, Oh, you're, you're the trainer or, yeah. or they'll come to me. Oh, you're, you're the nutritionist. Right. You're, you're going to give me my food. Right. And it's like, well, we do a lot more beyond that. And like, and like, you don't want to be rude, but it's like, well, I'm going to correct you because at the end of the day, like you're a strength and conditioning coach, you have your degrees. I'm a, I'm a dietitian, like went, right. and, went and did, you know, all my clinical hours took a board exam. Like there was a lot more that came into it than a flyby random test that somebody took Yeah, or, you know, someone's got 30,000, you know, likes or follows. And then all of a sudden now they're the guru and strength and conditioning, but yeah. have zero background. And they've worked with a couple of random athletes and they just float that out there. And now everyone thinks they're the, they're the guy or the girl. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it, it, I mean, it even happens with like, you know, with, with Netflix documentaries and things like oh, that. Don't even get me started. I know. I was, just, I, I, I was thinking about not even saying that one. You say, um, if you say game changers, I was I'm just about to, to bring it up, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you sit on that one. Um, but yeah, like everyone gets to, everyone sees this and all of a sudden they think that they're an expert in the field and I'm not claiming to be an expert in the field either, but like, I've seen a little bit more than, you know, maybe the other, other person has. And, um, it's, I think it's, I think it becomes the longer you stay in, in whatever field you're in, you get better at filtering out the bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that's a lot, a lot of the, the positives of, of gaining some experiences you see things and you're like, okay, I'm able to filter out this bullshit now. And I'm not just going to go, okay, well, this person is strong therefore they must be a great coach or, or this person's got a six pack. So they've got to be a great dietitian, right? There's more to it. 
Yeah. And I will I'll almost have a list of stuff when an athlete comes to me and says stuff like <laughs> to give you an example, I had an athlete one time come to me and he goes, Hey, look at this article about watermelons. I'm like, okay, but what about them? He's like, well, if it looks like this in the middle, like it could cause cancer. And I'm like, I'm like, what? Yeah. sure. So then, so then I went down a list, right? I'm like, okay, well, who wrote it? What is their background? Is there research to back this up? And like, you know, I have like five different things that I ask them. And then, you know, right. by the time you get to the fifth question, they're looking at the article, they're looking at you and they're like, well, it doesn't have any of that. Right. And yeah. they go, this is probably really not really good information I go. Exactly. But it, it looks good. You fall into a trap and all right. of a sudden now you're like, I can't eat fruits anymore because X, Y, and Z is going to happen. Yeah. So yeah, fruit, fruit is carbs and ketones are the, the fuel for life now. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, yeah. And I try to have that same conversation every time anyone comes up to me mid season and says, Hey coach, I think I'm going to go vegetarian. I'm like, really right now, probably not the best choice. Let's try it after season and, and we'll see what goes like that. But, yeah. Or, hey coach, I want to put this movement into my program. Like I saw this right. on Instagram and, and like the WNBA or the NBA, like their players are doing this. Like, let's, can we do this? And you're like, well, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's kneel on a Swiss ball and wiggle that stick around and see what happens. Like, exactly. no, we're not going to do that. You, you can, you can't even squat. Let's, let's, <laughs> Let's take it one step at a time. You can't even sit down and get out of a chair. It's like, you can't, right. how right. are you going to do no. that? Yeah, go to, go to bed tonight and get a full eight hours. And then we'll talk about the stability of all stuff. Yep. The basics aren't sexy, but the basics are what get the job done at the end of the no day. No question, man. No question. All right. Kind of final question, kind of wrapping this up. Um, you know, a lot of people ask, you know, you know, oh, what's your contact information, Instagram, social media, stuff like that. So my question for you a little bit different is, who it could be a mentor or just people you look up into the field who would you recommend people follow reach out to um you know if they're at a conference you know go listen to them like maybe who's your top two to three people you would say like hands down go and try to have a conversation with this person because they're going to get you better in you know 15 to 30 minutes if you talk to them yeah yeah that's a great question um well yeah like and we we talked about this before i'm not super active on 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 social media but um and most of my mentors aren't either as far as like providing useful strength and conditioning related information. Like if you want to see pictures of their kids, they're a great follow. Um, <laughs> but, but as far as like mentors that have, have really helped me along, um, Justice Gallic is a um, awesome, awesome person. Um, he's down at University of Temple now or wait, sorry, Temple University. I, I flipped that around. Yeah, he's an assistant, uh, assistant strength and conditioning over at Temple University now. Uh, great dude. Um, he was the head guy while I was with the Jets. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome person. I can't say speak highly enough of him. Um, Quadrian Banks over at Ohio State. He's the the men's basketball guy. Awesome dude. If you could go talk to him, he'll 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 talk your ear off. But he, he's awesome dude. Um, I got I got tons of them. JL is a great guy. Um, he might come off a little aggressive if you if you if you try to approach him, but Jail's a great dude. Um, he'll help you out a ton. Oh uh, man, Nick Bronco will help you out a ton if you ever see him. I know he's not like super in into like collegiate stuff right now. He's kind of more in the private sector, but he puts out a lot of good stuff if you want to follow him on Instagram. Um, man, Claire. Claire Quebedo over at Ohio State, Phil Matus over at Boston College. I don't know, man. There's tons of them. Um, that I, I think. It's hard right. to narrow down and just say one sometimes. It's like it's like you could learn a thousand things from each one of these people. So it's no just question. I think the big message there, right, is 
don't be afraid to go out and talk to people. I think a lot of long, young practitioners or young people in the field, they think some of these guys or girls are at this really high pedestal and they're like, oh, they're never going to talk to me or they're not going to give me the time of day. But my big thing I teach any of my interns is the worst you can do is they're going to say no or not respond to you. The best, right. the best outcome is you have a conversation. Maybe you impress them and they hire you or bring you on as an intern or a fellow, whatever the situation is. Or you just learn something you got a little bit better that you could bring over to your own athletes. Yeah. And it's I the mean, worst that can happen. Right. Like go, go introduce yourself. Like there's, I mean, there are times like last year when I was with women's basketball at Southeastern, I, we, we played TCU. I went up and introduced myself to the TCU women's basketball strength coach. And now like I call him pretty frequently to ask him about my programming and his program. Like you, you never know, people will remember you. You never know um, who you might need in the future or who might need you. Um, so yeah, go talk to people, man. That's the, that's the best way to get, to get into anywhere as, as far as strength and conditioning goes. And I mean, anywhere in the field. Yeah. Never burn a bridge. Cause you never know where the person's going to be. No. And then, I mean, it, it, even for myself came full circle when I was at my last, you know, sports dietetic conference, just like, I was talking to all these individuals and in all these different sports and, and all these different schools, but then it's like, I had the opportunity on the other end of it where I've had people coming up where I was able to sit down, talk, mentor, right. give them advice. Yeah. So it's like, it was, it was super nice to be able to do those two different things at two different levels. Yeah. I was able to give back, but I was able to still continue to have high level conversations sure. to keep learning and improving myself yeah. at the same time. Yeah. It, I mean, and, and as soon as you stop learning is the, the day you stop becoming better. So keep, keep, keep talking to people. That's a Louis Simmons right there. No doubt. RIP. <laughs> RIP Louis Simmons. <laughs> well, JT, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day and having you on. Um, is there any platforms that people could reach out to you? I'm, I'm going to put some stuff in the show notes, your bio, and is it a phone number? Is it email? Like, can someone hit you up and DM you on, on Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. They could. I mean, whatever, whatever way you can get in contact with me, uh, Instagram is fine. I think my handle is just at JT Hawhey. Um, it might be Hawhey JT, but I think it's JT Hawhey. Um, phone number you posted in the thing. You could call me, text me. If you call me, I probably won't pick up if I don't have your number, but shoot me a text email. Um, go on, you can go on the Buffalo, Buffalo website, find me there, or you post it in the show docs, man, whatever you, whatever y'all need, reach out to me. I'm, I'm an open book. See that guys again, everyone's open. All you got to do is take the first step and ask and, right. and hit them up uh, again, JT really appreciate it. Hope you have a great rest of your day and hope you guys enjoyed this again, have a whole bunch of info, info in the show notes. If you guys want to follow and listen to it, um, you know, whether it's my site where I have nutrition services, um, or, you know, if my fiance they work with, it also has strength and conditioning services. You know, if you want discounts on Thorn Supplements, that's also a possibility you can get to as well. Um, a lot of my places where you can reach me out, my IG handle, LinkedIn, things like that. All that is in the show notes if you want to take a look. Thanks, JT. All right. Thanks, Sean. See you.